0: Welcome to the Women & Money Cafe. I'm your host, Julie Flynn, independent financial advisor and financial coach. And this is the weekly money podcast for women by women, exploring the practical and emotional side of money. Okay, Welcome to the Women and Money Cafe podcast. Now, today, it's one of those days where we've got an extra special guest for you. We've got the lovely Tanya with us. So, welcome to the podcast, Tanya. Thank you very much for inviting me. Nice to see you, Julie. You too, Tanya. And at the other end of the sofa, we've got Emily. How are you doing today, Emily? I'm very good. Thank you, Julie. How are you? I'm fantastic. Okay, so let's do a little intro for Tanya. So I'm going to do what I think your intro is, Tanya, and then you can do it much better than I would. Okay. So, <laughs> Okay. oh no, let's not do it properly. So Tanya and I got together about a couple of weeks ago. We were on retreat and Tanya had us do an exercise that blew my tiny mind. I absolutely loved it. And I said, oh, Tanya, you've got to come on the podcast and share this with our listeners. So right now everybody's thinking, who the heck is Tanya and what is this exercise? <laughs> so you <laughs> might be better placed to answer that one than me. Oh, thank you. Well,
1: I'm Tanya, Tanya, and I'm the financial wingwoman. My background is in accounting. So I've I've been an accountancy for 25 years and I've worked in practice and I've worked in training and I've done all the various different bits and pieces and basically flitted around quite a lot within that profession. But over the years, it's allowed me to pull together all the different skills for teaching and showing and explaining rather than just telling people they've done it wrong from an accountancy point of view rather than telling people what the rules are it's, it means quite a lot to me to actually explain and share and get people to understand why so that they've got more of an awareness of why these things are important so the financial wing woman has come along um as a brand because i actually really quite like just talking about why it's important to understand things from a finance point of view and basically everything links to money and money mindset so that's essentially what I do which is where we got to the exercise that we did on the retreat it's so easy to underestimate how powerful those things can be when you particularly doing them in a group setting and I absolutely love doing stuff like that
0: yeah no I think it's important as well for listeners to understand so regular listeners will know that a load of us have all done the financial coach training and Tanya's done that as well. But you've taken it to another level, haven't you, Tanya, with the extra training that you've done? Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So um, after I worked with the um,
1: financial coaching qualification with Catherine Morgan, I then went on as part of the, the training and the the work that I was the practice coaching, I suppose that I was doing a lot of the people that I was working with, the the issues that they were having around money and dealing with their finances all stemmed from trauma. And I, I felt that I would be um I, I needed to get my head around, well, okay, let's let's do some more on the trauma-informed side of coaching. So I went down that rabbit hole and I worked with Caroline Strawson to understand what being trauma-informed meant and how trauma actually impacts us as, as people, as individuals, particularly from sort of pre-seven years of age. And then after all that, I then decided, well, actually, I'd quite like the ICF I'm basically just a collector of all the qualifications <laughs> and all the letters and the letters after my name are now longer than my entire name so yeah that's that's exactly what I what I did I just kept going and I'm vowing not to do anymore although I quite like the look and doing some hypnotherapy something like that that I've, I've got various people I speak to that are like just give me your bank card stop it stop stop doing all these qualifications
0: put your purse away <laughs> Oh, should we get curious about that, Tanya?
2: <laughs> Can I just make an observation? I mean, what you're doing now is just so far from what you were doing before in terms of accountancy. I'm assuming you don't do
1: any accountancy
2: anymore. Is that right? Ah,
1: no, that's not. So no. I'm basically, I'm, I basically have two businesses. My bread and butter, the work I do every day, is on the accountancy side. But what I'm, wow. what I'm trying to do is to put people in place in the practice so that I can remove myself and come wow. out to play as the financial wingwoman, because yeah, I get quite animated and quite excited. So that is a very interesting observation for me, and I'm going to go away and and think about. <laughs> <you,
2: Because> it. <laughs> I've met a few accountants recently who have escaped sort of accountancy world and are doing something a lot more touchy-feely. Can I say? Um, I, would I'm, I think. Not sure lot, about that. Do you think that a lot of the time people accountants are just suppressing? that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden you get to a certain age and you can't hold it back anymore. And you oh, I want to go work with people and emotions and do great stuff.
1: <laughs> I want to do stuff that matters yeah. rather than just all the tax stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like teaching. You meet a lot of teachers that end up falling out of love with the profession because of the bureaucracy and the red tape and all of the pressure that's put on them. And they don't like the environment that they're working in. And for me, accountants, there's a lot of that in accountancy. Um, I actually don't believe that a lot of the rules are very fair, for example, around the tax system and the way that it impacts on people in business. So, And fairness is really important to me. So Mm -hmm. it's it's quite a lot of conflict for me in that role, trying to tell people, well, these are the rules and you have to do them. If I don't fundamentally agree with them, um, it doesn't really sit right. So yes, I'm meeting more and more people that are breaking free of the shackles.
0: I love this image you've given me, Emily, that all these accountants out there, they're all raging closet empaths.
1: Hmm. <laughs> bet they are, you know, some of them. Streaking out the cupboard, yeah.
0: And actually, I think you've just given maybe not streaking.
2: You've just given us a great idea for a podcast, I think, Julie. The fairness oh, of the tax
0: system. Oh my god. <laughs> we'll need charlotte wood for that one
2: take a few of the you know tax rules and just discuss debate how they're fair oh, yeah, wow. we're digressing so that's another
0: podcast oh wow
1: yes i yeah, would love okay. to get involved in that
0: all right i think tanya you're coming back for that and you can come and meet the most militant financial advisor we all know which is charlotte wood
2: okay, we, you would have an absolute ball
0: amazing um, all right, so we have tangented, and we knew that was going to happen, but let back back to the I'm all right with that. Done. I'm all right uh-huh. with that. Yeah, But I it's wasn't...
1: interesting what Emily said, uh, that I take it you're no longer accounting or doing any of that stuff, because, Julie, when I forwarded you the, this mm. is what I was going to do when I left school, you said I could see you in every single one of those roles except the accountant, which is mm. like two comments okay. in two days. Like, Okay. Yeah, the signs are quite big now for the. Oh, Tanya, but, ditch it, but
0: you're a hell of a lot of fun, and I don't know if that's <laughs> what people immediately associate with accountancy. So you okay. either need to be the poster child for accountancy going forward, <laughs> or, 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 <laughs> keep <laughs> dig- or keep digging that tunnel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Okay.
0: I don't know. Lots I've got a of coin. I've got a coin if you want to flip it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: which one am
0: I going to do I don't know maybe
1: that's
0: another that could be the title of my podcast it? all right hey, no so but the reason we had you on as I say is because we got together a couple of weeks back and you had a group of us doing an exercise and I, I you know for all the work I've done on my money beliefs and what have you I've done quite a lot of work I've still an avalanche of new information came at me from that exercise and I thought wow that's really powerful so, I would absolutely love it if you could share with us what you what you took us through a couple of weeks ago
1: yeah I would absolutely love to and i think I think it's really important to say from the start that like you saying you did a lot of work as part of the financial coaching and I think that's the nature of the work It's very difficult to go into a coaching environment or a learning um transition and not work on yourself because mm. you can't if you're broken or there's things that you're harboring that you're holding on to that thing can very very easily affect the people that you're working with yeah. but just because you do the work that doesn't mean hey pressed, i'm fixed now I can, I can go out and heal the masses we, we're always learning about ourselves every day is a school day and i'm learning so much about myself all the time but that's precisely what that exercise was um so i talked a little bit around money mindset and what trauma is and how that how that can affect people where it stems from. And I then gave the exercise of what people can remember around situations with money and encouraging people to put it into a timeline. So it doesn't really matter where you start. It's just trying to think of and remember situations where most of the time these are negative um, situations or negative experiences where you can remember things have happened in your lifetime around money. So it might be one of the examples I gave when we were in Scotland was once when I asked my dad how much money he earned, um, and he threatened me with a thick ear. So it's just oh okay. So I must have been about seven or eight at the time. So as a child, to walk away from that experience with the very simple terms of If I ask a question about money and I ask somebody who's supposed to be this place of safety, my dad, supposed to be able to ask anything and do anything and be completely safe and unconditionally loved, and he threatened me with violence, what does that tell me? What experience do I take away from that when I ask questions about money? So that was one example. And then there was another example from later on in in life when I first started work, very naive at 18, straight out of school. And I asked somebody that I was working with, how much do you earn? Thinking that'd be really cool to compare salaries. But I was told it was a sack of offence to discuss salaries. Again, if I ask a question about money, I get threatened with my P45. I might lose my job if I carry on down this topic of conversation. What, what am I learning? What am I taking away from that? experience around money and then building from there so my my timeline i'm sure you'll be very um shocked and surprised to hear is on a on a a spreadsheet i like playing with spreadsheets it means i can play around with my timeline and i can drop things in without wrecking the entire thing make it bigger and i can make it smaller and i can shuffle things around but as you start to drop in this happens that happened. I remember that time at home when the roof leaked and my dad was sat with his head in his hands crying, actually crying because he had absolutely no idea how we were going to fix this, where we were going to get the money from and what would then happen. Those are all significant sort of milestones in my money timeline. And then you you go from there and we encouraged, I think there was nine or 10 of us in the room, Julie, I think, and everybody got a bit of time to themselves to just sit quietly, choose your view because of where we were, which was absolutely stunning, wasn't it? Um, and, and consider what things pop to mind when you sit and allow yourself the space to think about your own experiences around money. And there was some, there was some really vulnerable shares on the people that were there. Um, lots of people came to speak to me afterwards and I've had sessions with people since. So it is, it's just amazing. And because of the nature of where our money stories come from, they're all so incredibly unique. And we all take from the same experience our own perception, our own understanding of what that then means to us, our own interpretation of how we're then going to carry that forward in our lives. Um, so yeah, I, I loved it, and there's there's never there's never two people the same that come come through that exercise. There's no two stories the same um, and experiences that come out of it. So I, it's just such a worthwhile and powerful experience.
0: Yeah. So yes, yeah, so it never occurred to me to put it into a spreadsheet, Tanya. I've got to be honest. I, well, maybe I, that's
1: just the accountant in me. I still have hard. my bit
0: of paper from retreat and I'm now thinking now that you said you've got your spreadsheet so you can add to it as more stuff comes up I'm like oh I want a way to keep mine as a living document <laughs> I'm not sure that Excel is the way I'm gonna go um, anything.
1: it could be absolutely anything like that. it could be a trello board
0: you can stick it in in a word document you know you can you can sit in a table Ah, oh, but it hadn't occurred to me to keep it as a living breathing document Mm. So yeah. I,
1: there's things that come up for me still now on my my timeline that I think, oh my God, yeah, how you know, because it's not always necessarily about money, but it mm. can inform your decisions and the way you think about money. Um yeah. just allows like to drop different things in. And
2: and what thinking about it in terms of what has happened to you it sounds so obvious, and you've already said it, but I'll just put it into my own words. But Know it will pop into my head, oh I remember when, I remember when. And if I went to the effort of them putting that into my spreadsheet, I will go, oh yeah, you know, that's where that comes from. And I think half half the battle of overcoming this sort of fixed mindset and these blockers is understanding where it came from. Yes. Um, because we inherit so much um genetically and you know in our early childhood, don't we? So understanding that. Actually, that wasn't my belief. That was put up on me by someone else. I don't have to believe that. That doesn't serve me. Yeah.
1: Exactly And that was a that was a really big theme of the session. Was if you imagine all of those things that we're carrying around with us, like a like a suitcase or a backpack or something that we're physically carrying, because we do. Once you have that awareness, once you can question without you know, the last thing you want to do is open Pandora's box. But when you can calmly sit and know that you're safe and think that actually isn't true, that belief is not my belief, you can put it down. You can physically drop it on the floor and walk away or give it back to the person that gave it to you with love or, or however you want to approach it and and realize that you don't have to continue to believe it because logically when you look at something, you know it's not true. Mm. And also you... you don't even question it. You don't even realize why. It's, it's like when you go to the shop and you buy the nor fabric softener. Why do I buy the? Well, I buy it because my mom always bought it, and I like the smell, and it reminds me of that's what fresh washing smells like. But it's never occurred to me to question: Is that the best one? Is that mm. the right one? Are there better? Who knows? We just do what we've always done. You can look at the person who you who you've
2: worked out you've got the belief from. And you can go, mm, yeah, but they don't go on very nice holidays and, you know, they don't do this. They don't do that. that I wouldn't want their life. Well, if Absolutely. I carry on doing the things that they've sort of impressed upon me that I should do, I might end up with a life that looks like that. And that, that's not the life that I
1: want. Yeah, we can make we can make informed decisions, can't we? And we can mm. logically then. Choose our own path or change the path that we might be on in that situation. Absolutely, it's all about awareness. The person that doesn't want to spend the money, Mm, look how much money
2: they've got in the bank. Great, but
1: are they living? (laughs) Oh, exactly. what kind of a life have they got? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So there's just so many different directions and rabbit holes and and different outcomes of working through that exercise. Um. That we can have
0: yeah Yeah, because as i'm looking at my so listeners i i don't have the spreadsheet i got a bit of paper and i just drew a big line on my bit of paper for the nosy amongst you my line started in 1974 and i've taken it right up to present day and then when you were born
2: julie yes am i allowed to ask that (laughs) okay
0: yeah. What Julie's in next year. <laughs> uh, so, so I just kept, as we were doing the exercise, Tanya, memories would pop into my head and I'd drop them in the timeline. And I'd put a year or an age next to it. Mm-hmm. And I just sat there and I carried on thinking and I kept populating the timeline with different stuff. I didn't put in the stuff I've already worked through, which I might retrospectively go back and put in. Interesting. I just put yeah. new stuff on the timeline. But what was interesting is, as I started populating the timeline, I spotted a pattern. And there is no way on God's earth I would ever have spotted this if you hadn't had us do that exercise. I hadn't written it down,
2: yeah. No,
0: so what have we got? We've got one, two, three. Hang on, that's one, two. We've got three big events where there has been a serious illness and a sum of money arriving. And as I started doing the exercise, I thought, oh, that's going to have had an impact on me. I don't know if it's good or bad, I just know it will have had an impact. So the last event was in 2012. Brian, listeners, you know, the husband that we're not married to kind of thing. Uh Brian got diagnosed with Hodgkin's for the second time. And I left my job and I got a big payout for leaving my job. So we've got a serious illness. We've got a lump of money arriving. There was a time before that when I went off work sick and I was ill for quite a long time and I got a massive bonus just as I went off sick. And then I've got another event like that and I thought, okay, so since we met, I've been trying to unpick what's going on there for me. And do you know what? One of the things I'm always going on about, right? I'm going to confession time. Right? So I think people that know me know that my business is built in such a way that it can cope if I go missing for a couple of months. If my, I've always had this fixation. The business has to be able to cope with me, my health not being sustainable.
1: Okay. And I thought,
0: um, are you sensible? Well, I suppose it is sensible, but it's not a normal thing to think, is it? Not to the extent that I do it, anyway. It, it well it might not be, it might not be a normal thing to think, but it, it
1: should be kind of what happens if I'm poorly. You know, people might take approach to that with I'll just take insurance or I'll do this or I'll do that. But if you're setting the foundations whereby the business can continue with you not being in it in the day-to-day, that's an incredibly sustainable business. I think that's pretty smart.
0: Right. So that so it turns out all those events have had a positive impact. So I okay. think what I'm still working on is are there any negative impacts of what what I've taken away from that? So I think it's you know I'm not looking for free coaching by the way. It was just to demonstrate the power of the exercise and yeah. being able to spot this pattern because you know usually in a coaching situation you pick off one belief at a time, don't you? Tell mm-hmm. me about a, a, a memory and then you deal with that. But yeah. your timeline yeah. exercise, I think, why it's so powerful is because you that's you can spot these patterns. And yeah, you can deal with a lot can. of them all at one go.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you, you're saying that you took from that that that's a positive, but that might not be somebody else's experience of that. Somebody yeah. else may take from that. The only way that I, it, I achieve or I receive a large sum of money is if something bad happens. Somebody gets ill and I receive money, and therefore we might inadvertently or subconsciously take on behaviors that make sure we we don't ever get any money because if I have money that means that somebody's died or somebody's become really ill or there's there's a bad thing happened and that's the only way that I get the money. So that it's it's all so unique and so specific yeah. to you and your experiences because no other person on the planet has got to where you are now in the way that you got there down the path that you've taken. Yeah. Which is just fascinating oh my goodness mm. I get so excited that's incredible <laughs> it's just incredible thank you for sharing that's amazing yeah you look
0: like you had a question there Emily wow,
2: I was just going to tell you I feel like the kid who um did the homework in the playground at break time, <laughs> <this> <laughs> time just like at the beginning of this <laughs> I've just scrolled down a whole load of stuff you know in terms of timeline dates etc yeah and then looking at it, it was all very boring. There's a little bit of interest early on, and then I think it's all just normal stuff, first job, second job, going to university, but paying rent for the first time, those kind of things. But then I got to age thirty three, and I think I panicked. and I and I and I stopped and I had a mind blank, and I do think that this is where I feel in my head it started to go wrong. I <laughs> hope my husband's not listening. But that's I got married and I had children. And I think I'll very that, dare you. I know. But I think that's when I suddenly felt like my economic power had been taken from me. I've just wow. realized that just from doing that, and I'm sure there's listeners out there who really powerful. very, very much in the same boat I do think that becoming a a mother it does change you and I think I'm beating myself up about it but I think now that I've realized this I really think I need to sort of get rid of that blocker because um I think for two my children are now 12 and 13 but um I do think that there was a lot of pressure probably when I first had children where you know i was saying to myself, okay, my mother now, career has to take second place. Um, you can forget that career path that you were on before, because I had to leave the city, you see, um, okay. and go and do something a bit different. Um, and But I've never earned since, obviously, the amount of money that I earned when I was in the city. I'm, I'm desperately trying hard to get back there. But I think every yeah. now and then I have a sort of um, a confidence crisis and think, well, no, why should I expect to earn that kind of money? I'm a mother now. You know, I've got other priorities. But this, is
1: B- this is BS, isn't this is it? Deep. This is
0: deep.
1: It's BS. Yeah. Complete BS. I totally deserve to is earn that so kind common. of money.
0: Mm.
2: Say it again. Say it again. It's BS. I deserve to earn the money I earn in the city. Thank you for making oh, me realise it. <laughs> I'm a
1: mother, but I'm more than that as well, aren't I? Yeah. Exactly. You're a mother and you deserve to earn. You deserve to have the money. But it's it's so common. I mean, Julie, I think I've heard you speaking about this, about like the pension gap and about when, when you have um, women that take time out on their careers and then you end up getting closer and closer to retirement age and you realize hang on a minute my husband carried on working and he had his contributions still going into his pension pot where were mine during that time and what then happens to your financial security so there's,
0: there's so many it's different... like a double penalty isn't it oh
1: my goodness it is it absolutely is and then if you've got You're helping an elderly relative, for example, and perhaps you have to take the foot off the gas in the career because you're helping with end-of-life care or or similar situation. The same thing happens. And then you get divorced just after that. Well, then you're totally screwed because Mm. he disappears off with his pot and you've got nothing in yours and no consideration is taken of that fact that your pension is teeny tiny. If you've
0: got a good financial advisor, we get the pension. (laughs) (laughs)
1: a decent solicitor yeah i know that there's more there's more care taken with that but it's just such a common situation for people to find themselves in
0: well we have a lot of fun running the cafe the reason we do it is to reach as many women as possible to empower them around money so if you know a woman who would benefit from feeling financially empowered you can help them and us by sharing this episode with them You know what's interesting like first of all Emily thank you for sharing that because that was really brave to share that and I think one of the things that when I when I'm working with clients and things like this are coming up and you know when you were saying about well you had the kids and you're like well I'm a mother now I I have to put my career aside and things like that when I'm working with people and they're saying things to me like that one of the things I ask them to go away and think about is whose voice is it? Mm
2: -hmm. My mother's
0: for sure. Mm. I think the listeners and myself could probably have guessed that. But, mm. um, but it's definitely. it's just like, where, where are the messages coming from? I don't know. Yeah. Do you find that, Tanya, as well? That it's only oh, from... Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Maternal figures, mother, grandmothers. Yeah, yeah definitely. Females. Because that mm. was their condition. That was their reality. That was what they believed. And that's yeah. them what's passed down, isn't it?
2: And I also harbour a little bit of um, envy, is that the right word? Yeah, envy Um, of people who have still got their amazing careers that they always had. Mm. But I'm happy. I've got a great career now and I love doing what I do,
0: but I think I haven't let go of that money
1: thing. The money side of
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. What tips have you got for Emily and people like Emily Tanya?
1: For what to do in that situation well hmm. is it really true get get curious about that it's it's true that you f- might feel envious it's true that you have the feelings that you feel and it's okay to feel those feelings but is that really the reason why you can't go back is there any way that you could get back into that career is that a career that you actually want to do no not anymore because I'm a different person but I do want the money (laughs) okay so there needs to be an element of okay what fine yeah just need to earn the money yeah
2: (laughs) I've been doing manifesting I've been doing manifesting with Marissa Peer don't worry speak to me in a few months time I'll just I'll have abundance then (laughs) okay
1: okay (laughs) how's that how's that going
2: I like, on. i've only listened to one
1: podcast um okay? <laughs> i'm a big i'm a big fan of of um taking positive steps to manifest the money but i think if you, you hear some people that talk about manifesting like sitting on a lily pad and it's a little bit like wanting a lottery win but not buying the ticket isn't it you've got to yeah. you've got to take the steps you've got to take the steps manifesting is just one part of it Absolutely. I
2: think manifesting is just the first step to get you in the right mindset to remove the blockers. And then that's when you've got to take the action because nobody, listeners, nobody gets rich
1: um, by just sitting there and wishing, dreaming about it. No, exactly. But a huge, a huge first step towards that income that you used to earn is believing that you are deserving of it, believing that you can. Yes. Because if you, if you, sit there and believe well I can't now because I'm a mum then that automatically closes that door for you but just opening that door and sticking your head out and considering that there are steps that you could take to increase your income yeah it's small increments it doesn't have to be a quadruple of your income at the moment it's all small first steps isn't it I'm,
2: I'm most definitely on the right track now but um I think I've just got to remind myself it doesn't happen
1: overnight. So it is just about putting in the work now. So thank yeah. you for that. It's small, consistent work, isn't it? I, I liken it to when I decide I'm getting, I'm going to get back into the gym and I'm going to lose some weight. Well, again, it, it doesn't all fall off overnight. It's about small incremental steps that you can keep taking every single day. And that's the same on the money side of things and changing patterns and behaviours. It's consistency.
2: So, have you done the exercise with many
1: other people where
2: they've unlocked or realised certain things? Can you just give us a few examples of what they might have realised? So, Julie, it's ill health and pots of money, and me, it's the fact that I've had to change career when I became a mother.
1: What, yeah. What oh, I, well, a lot of a lot of the um, examples of the exercise I've done one to one. It was really nice to be able to do that in a group setting when we were all there on the retreat together. Um, a big realization that I had with my timeline was that because of my background so um my dad was a, a window cleaner we didn't have very much money when we were growing up and my belief was around people like us don't have money people money doesn't come to people like us so mm. and as Julie said in terms of putting things down in in the timeline what I had in my timeline was the leaky roof examples I gave at the beginning of the conversation were actually on my timeline things bad things happened or unfortunate things happened that meant that no matter how much we tried something would always happen and the money would then have to go to be to repair something or um there was a big unexpected bill that nobody had prepared for so it was very much around I'm not able to manage um my money because of my background and my understanding of it. And one of the things I did say on the exercise was a story that I'd had from um, when I was really young. When I was given some money by my mum, and I chosen <laughs> to buy a bouncy ball with this money. She'd given me a pound for just in case of emergencies when I was with friends. I decided my friends going and spending money in the shop was by emergency, and I bought this bouncy ball. But to my mum. I spent her her last pound. She said to me, that's all the money I had for this week. So that was another example of I make bad decisions with money. So Mm -hmm. as I've grown up, that's impacted how I run my business. It impacted the decisions that I made around money because I couldn't be trusted to make the right decisions. But just writing it down in that exercise and being able to speak out loud, And noticing the I don't deserve it in my head, it's those little narratives that you notice, the stories that we tell ourselves, the throwaway comments that you might make to the kids. Do you think money grows on trees, for example? Noticing those and being able to see that written down in different situations on the timeline enabled me to, as you said, it's not a true belief, it's not a real story it was just something that I'd been telling myself and I didn't have to continue to let that happen and impact me negatively
2: I had a bit of a wake-up call a few weeks ago when um I went on holiday with some girlfriends there were seven of us and um I think mostly we're all sort of you know similarly minded in terms of the fact that we were going on holiday and we were going to enjoy ourselves and you know money was not too much of a concern and we were just going to enjoy it um but I think there are a couple of times when people might have picked up from me that I wasn't quite as happy about spending some of the money that we were spending. So, it, a tasting menu, for example, in a restaurant when I wasn't that hungry, it wasn't. It wasn't that I didn't want to spend the money. It just wasn't. It was that I wasn't that hungry, and I didn't want to spend the money for food. I wasn't going to eat. I <laughs> think was so. Like wasted, that. yeah. Yeah. And so yeah that's like totally my you know the parental you know you must eat everything on your plate and you must not waste money um yeah I do think that yeah I could feel that I had had perhaps a different upbringing from them and a different environment because they were they just did not seem to have any problems at all in just spending money like it was you know growing on trees um and that's fine that's 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 I'm not criticising that. I just noticed that there was a difference. And and there were at times when I felt a bit uncomfortable. But then actually I told myself, you know what? A lot of that discomfort you're feeling is because you don't think you deserve this. That's amazing. Realisation.
0: Well done.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I thought, well, I'll have another glass of champagne actually because I'm on holiday and I deserve it.
0: (laughs) Yes. That's the spirit. Definitely. That's the spirit. Hey, Tanya. I don't know if I'm about to put you on the spot or not. Okay. Go on. Because I've got my notes from your session and I've written down something, presumably, that you've said. Okay. (laughs) Tanya's like, shit, what did I say? (laughs) Only a few weeks ago, surely I would remember. (laughs) All right. I wondered if you could give us the context for this. You were saying, gazelles don't sit under a tree shaking with PTSD. Can you tell me why oh. I've written that down? I
1: can. Oh, my goodness. I want to know. It sounds intriguing. So I was talking about where trauma comes from. And I was talking about as individuals, as people, if we're in a situation where we feel threatened or we feel unsafe and we aren't able to process feeling unsafe so that situation might be let's say for example um you're a small child you've gone to visit grandma and granddad and granddad's coming from work and he's made a comment about money being the bane of his existence and something's gone wrong at work and he's not got enough money to pay a bill or something like that as a child we feel the tension we might get um we, we don't understand what grandad's talking about, but we can feel that he's angry or he's, he's pissed off or he's had a really bad day. Because we don't understand where, where that feeling comes from, we, we can't vocalise it. We don't know how to ask the question, what does that mean? Or maybe we don't feel that we can ask that question. We hold on to it instead of processing it. And the example I gave with the gazelle was, as an animal in the wild, um, you would expect that animal, if it sees a cheetah, shooting across the savannah coming to get it that that animal is going to go into a flight or fight response we can't fight the cheetah i'm gonna run away so it does what its brain is programmed to tell it to do and it runs if the cheetah catches it it might play dead so that would be the freeze response so these are all trauma responses because the gazelle if it manages to escape gets to work through the freeze fight flight and if it can get up and run away it will do that means it's processed the trauma it doesn't go and sit under a tree and shake with ptsd because it's worked it's way naturally through those responses but as humans we don't tend to be able it's not okay not always okay to explode in anger or to sit and shake quietly in a corner or ask for help if we aren't explained to where these traumatic situations come from so instead of being able to process them, we store them. And that's where some money beliefs and the trauma comes from around money because we carry it with us instead of processing it. I oh, don't know if I've did. explained that particularly you well, did. but I was not you... expected to be asked. Show <laughs> us about the gazelle,
0: Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just I've got it on did my that notes. And I, that? I think it's the, I wonder if the action of working through the timeline, is sort of going back and rescuing the gazelle (laughs) to carry on the metaphor.
1: Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it it is. If that's what we need to be able to do as an adult, as a child we might not understand something, but if we can go back and reprocess something as an adult, we can, oh, okay, that's not what granddad meant. That's not what dad meant. My dad wasn't actually going to hit me. He was just really irritated about the fact that I'd asked him how much money I'd earned, he'd earned, and I was just being a nosy little brat that, it couldn't be bothered answering my no, question. it's not nosy.
0: It's a reasonable question. But you were a seven-year-old child and you weren't a gazelle, so you couldn't run and you couldn't discuss it and you couldn't clarify. So exactly. it got stuck.
1: So it got right. stuck. And I learned from that. Also I was, ask questions. It's always very easy for
2: me to be judgmental now, sitting here in 2023, when we know a lot more about how to talk to children. But what your father yeah. should have said to you was, oh, that's a very interesting question, darling. And maybe when I'll speak to you about when, you know, when the time is right, um, just to let you know, a lot of people don't like to talk about these things. I will talk to you about it, but let's just find the right time. You know, just to say that to you was just giving you that message. People don't talk about money. That's rude. That's just my business and no one else's.
1: Exactly.
0: Exactly. My parenting style when I get asked an awkward question is just to answer it with another question. Okay. That works for me. And I went horribly <laughs> wrong the other night. There was own wandered past, And he's like, "Mom, mum. I'm like, yeah. Do you know why snakes don't have legs? I'm like, no, I don't know why snakes don't have legs. Don't really like snakes. He goes, it's because they get two penises. <laughs> snakes have two penises. And somehow he's decided that's a trade-off that snakes have made. Wow. So that's an occasion when I really should have answered the question with another question, not gone down the snake, penis, rabbit hole. Sorry, <laughs> listeners, had to share. I have no Alligator. idea. Alligators too, Alligator's apparently, in case you were wondering. Are you sure? Feel that's free to go and put this. it in your Google search. This is far. Really <laughs> How can you get to my age and not know this? <laughs>
2: It's see, see, a
0: bloody education, the Women and Money Cafe it is podcast. It absolutely is.
1: But how does that stop you having legs? Now, see, oh my goodness, that's my afternoon written off now,
0: isn't Maybe it? Maybe they that's don't awesome. want to
1: run away. I don't
0: know. <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> now that i threw that grenade and i'm gonna walk out the room um no as we kind of wrap things up towards the end of the podcast tanya quite often apart from sharing random bits of information we like to ask our guests some random questions and i rather suspect that you have an interesting past and what i would really like to know is when you were little what did you want to do when you grew up
1: oh so, well, that changed. That changed a lot. I think I was quite a fickle little individual. Um, and it, yes, it was, it was interesting. So when I was really small, I wanted to be a nurse, but that's because that's what my grandma did. After that, I decided I wanted to be a forensic scientist. So when it came to taking options and GCSEs and A-levels and all that, gubbins, um, I chose the subjects based on that. And then I decided, well, actually, I really, I'm really i a little bit scared of going to uni because I don't want to get into all this debt that everybody talks about, another money story. Um, and also I was a little bit scared of leaving home and going, um, moving away from home at that age because the uni I was going to go to was St. Andrews was my first choice to do biochemistry and then decided I didn't want to do that. So then I decided I was going to join the police force. Um. But then somebody told me that they don't take on people at 18. You needed a bit of life experience um, so that that perhaps wouldn't be a great choice for me. And also I was not a big fan of the thought of shift work because I like my sleep. So, okay, that's that changed. And then I got into a fight with not a fight, an argument, let's say, with the head of sixth form at school, did not fight her. Because I refused to fill in the UCAS form. Because by this point, I wasn't doing biochemistry at St. Andrews. Um, she said, you can't just not fill the form in. You have to, you have, to have a plan. You have to have a decision. And we, we need to fill our forms in anyway. We need to know where you're going when you finish school. So let's make my job easier, was what she was actually saying to me. Um, and we were standing right by the careers board at the time in the sixth form block. She said, you can't just... You can't just do nothing. You have to make a choice and have a plan. And I pointed at the board and there was one job advert on that board because everybody went to university when I was at the school. And I pointed at the board and I went, I'm going to get that job. And I didn't even know what job was. <laughs> How would you believe it was an accountancy position in Blackpool?
0: <laughs> so hang on, hang on, let me get this right. You ended up as an accountant because you were bloody minded and the sixth form teacher pushed you over the edge.
2: There you go, we've come full circle now
0: because we said to you, we didn't see you as an accountant. <laughs> so it's was just sheer bloody mindedness
1: fate is bringing me right back to where I perhaps would, should have started from in
0: the first place. Not but being that funny. that is essentially what happened. Tanya, that's the equivalent of throwing a dart at a dartboard to pick your career.
1: <laughs> it was basically what I did. It's exactly what I did. I went for the interview because she was standing over me going, go on then, go and get that No, It's not that easy, young lady. You can just hear it now, can't Ooh,
0: you? Yeah." Which
1: was all I needed to then go, alright, oh, watch me. And I did. So I went went to the interview i got the job and then thought maybe i should actually give this some thought well i don't even know what a county is what, what's involved in this so i then went and did the research and thought actually this might not be too bad a different direction than uni and then i sent my cv out i went through the other pages i did a load more interviews and then actually chose a firm i wanted to work for rather than i love that one sounds like that guy on um what's that program little
0: britain oh, oh. yeah that one that yeah one. that was it oh do you know what you must be pretty good at it because decades <laughs> later you're still doing it right I'm still doing it, yeah. oh and oh, then look goodness. at all the other skills that you've added mm. to your accountancy practice as well
1: i think i think the biggest thing i've learned from it though is in all seriousness it it doesn't matter really what choices you're making at different stages Mm. i think there's so much pressure put on kids at school these days for choose your options wisely do this you have to go to university you have to do that i think the important thing is to be happy but you can always Mm. change it later i've changed around so much within within my career i think we're all exactly where we're meant to be at, at any given time
0: aha uh-huh, today we're where we're meant to be today look Tanya definitely thank you so much for that uh listeners feel free to share this career planning tip with your children <laughs> um I would maybe get the velcro darts rather than the actual darts depending on the age of your child uh but it just reminds me to say to Tanya thank you so much <laughs> for joining us Tanya if people want to keep thank track you. of the financial wing women what's the best way for them to come and track you down and find out more about what you do
1: uh, they can find me on Facebook as Tanya Iberson. I've got the Financial With Woman on Instagram and also my website is So They can come and find me there. And please do, if you've had any realizations from thinking about your own money timeline, then let me know because I would love to hear um, how people get on when they work through that.
0: All right, thank you. So I will add links to all Tanya's stuff in the show notes. As you just heard us say, you might have been playing the timeline game with us while you were listening. And if you've had any penny drop moments, then Tanya would love to hear from you all about her. But uh so Emily, thank you very much for being with me. Thank you. Uh Tanya, you've been fantastic. Oh,
1: thank you. Thank you for having me. I've had a great time. When can I come all right. back and play?
0: Oh, we're once we have got Charlotte Wood on and it gets a bit fiery and then, so it just makes me to say to you listeners thank you very much for listening and please do look after yourselves until next time thanks for listening to the Women in Money Cafe if you've enjoyed it please leave us a review it really does help and also please note the podcast is for education and information only and doesn't constitute personal financial advice Please reach out to one of us or any of the other fantastic financial advisors in the UK for that kind of help.